2: In other words, Jesus said, this is the one you have to do. That's why it was called number one. It isn't number seven. It's number one. Are the other nine important? Yes, they are. But they're not number one. There's always a priority. There's always a starting point. So Jesus takes them all and he says, this is the one you have to start with in your life. In other words, if you don't obey this one, the rest don't matter. Obeying this one gives me the ability to finish obeying the rest of the Ten Commandments.
0: People who think that their good deeds get them to heaven believe that following rules is what God's looking for from mankind. They think that life's a test, and if they score high enough, the teacher, God, has got to let them pass into heaven. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that these people are tragically incorrect. You'll find out that they are missing the point God's trying to make. Pastor Mark will let you know what God's priorities are if you want to live life God's way and serve Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he begins his message, "No Other Gods.
2: As you know, the Super Bowl is this weekend. Kirk Warner, who's already won a Super Bowl, been in two, he's the quarterback. Here's the statement that was in the newspaper. Kirk Warner, retirement is in God's hands. You see, he's 37 years old. Well, people are asking him, if you win one more Super Bowl, you going to hang it up? Or if you win one more, or even let's say you lose it. Are you going to come back because you want to do three? And he says, I really don't know what I'm going to do. The ultimate decision is not up to me. I don't know when that decision is going to come. But God is going to make the decision. And I'm going to do my best to listen to God. Now you say, what does that have to do with anything? Unless you're a football fan. It has to do with everything. Let me ask you a question. Who makes the calls in your life? Here's a star quarterback. Once he's in that huddle, he makes all the calls. He can change the play. He can do whatever he wants. But when it came to his private life, this born-again Christian, what's he say? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not the one that makes the call. Let me ask you again, who makes the calls in your life? Well, we're going to see who should make the calls, because that's tied up with the very first of the Ten Commandments. We begin in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, I'm the Lord your God who Brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now remember, God called Moses up to the top of the mountain, gave him these Ten Commandments. Key point, these two million Jews already have a relationship with God. Rabbi Zechariah says, lots of people use the Ten Commandments as a stepping stones to heaven. I love it. But they won't get you there. You can't get there. The Ten Commandments, well, nobody keeps them. And so we could never be good enough, and it didn't matter. Relationship precedes the keeping of the law. You and I obeying God, that comes after He becomes our Savior. Now, we have these safety cones, and they're just representative of really what the Ten Commandments are. They're God's guardrails to our life. Now, they're not there to restrict us. They're actually there, as you learn, to give us great freedom as we run in the path of his commands. And so God has stipulations for us. And he's just saying, here's my guardrails for life. And we learn that the Ten Commandments were expanded to really mean all the moral and ethical commandments or principles of the Word of God. Now, what God says is, I'm the one that's going to tell you how to do life. Well, how does that come? I mean, where does God get off doing that? Well, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, now hold your finger right there quickly and turn back to Genesis chapter 2 just for a second, Genesis 2, it's the first book, and As you get there, understand that responding to God, obeying his commandments, is part of a word we use called worship. Now, you just worshiped a few moments ago, and that's part of it. But worship is, well, intrinsically tied up with obedience. And so, you were created to worship God. You and I will worship someone... Or something, that's a given. Many years ago in the 70s, Bob Dylan said this, you gotta serve somebody. Some of you might remember the song, first verse you, you may be an ambassador to England or France, you may like to gamble, you might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world, you may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're gonna have to serve somebody, yes indeed. You're gonna have to serve somebody, well it may be the devil, Or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. That's exactly right. You and I were created to serve someone. Now, some of your questions are like, well, what's up with God giving us his commandments? What's the deal with God? Well, in the beginning, was you? No God. Now, if you're in Genesis chapter 2, go down to verse 16. Familiar verse, but you need to see this because commandments are not new. And the Lord God, what's that word? Tell me, everybody, say it. Amen. Say it with some zip. Command it. And the Lord God commanded the man, men, head of the home, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good or evil. Here's the penalty. God just isn't flapping his mouth. Obey or there's problems. And for when you eat of it, you will surely die. That's the first guardrail from God in the Bible. Now, did he do that to make it hard for Adam and Eve? No, he did not. He did it to see if he was going to be their God. You see, God alone tells us what is right and what is wrong. God alone knows that, well, man is not self-existent. In the beginning was man. No, in the beginning was God. We've been learning, because we're going through the 23rd Psalm, that sheep, they can't direct their lives. They have to have a shepherd. And the Bible calls you and I simply sheep. And so God put these guardrails... And notice the word there. You're in Genesis. Notice a word. There's a word called you are free. What does that mean? Well, it simply means this. Understand that God's guardrails have something to do with freedom. First thing to write. Because sometimes when we see the word command, we get upset at God. No, God's guardrails provide freedom. They're not restrictive. They provide freedom. They show me how to protect myself, how to do life right, how to get the maximum enjoyment from life. Now, go back where your finger was, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. This is God's first guardrail given to the nation of Israel. Now, you don't need to copy... This, as we move through it, but let me show you three, three isms. Number one, monotheism. That's simply the worship of a single God. That's what we do. We worship a single God. Now, certainly expressed as three people, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but a single God. There's another ism. It's called poly. Theism, And that simply means multiple gods. And God's going to have a lot to say about that this time. And then when we pick up the second commandment, he's going to expand on that. And then there's this third one, secretism. Trying to take two gods or two life views or two ways of living and merge them into one. So it's this blending, it's this diluting of one, diluting of another, putting them together and hope you have more. Well, it really doesn't work that way. Now, how do we know which one? Well, it's very easy because God defines what a God is. Let me just say this to you. God Jehovah is the big G. All the others are little G's. Now, where do I get that? Take a look at this verse. God explains it to us. Isaiah 43.10. Before me was no God formed, nor will there be one after me. Now, let's think about that. In the beginning, God. So what is God saying? I'm hit. I'm the big G. There aren't any others. Now, will there be others? Oh, they will be. But are they going to be gods? No, not really. They're not gods. They're false gods. They're pagan gods. They're not real gods. We'll see that even more when we go into all the idols and whatever. By the way, I'm getting ready to go to a nation that's mostly Hindu. How many gods in India? There's millions, millions of gods in India. That's where I'm going. We will be going by many shrines. Multiple guys way up on these amazing statue kind of things all there, and they're they're bringing their flowers, they're doing all, I'm bringing some pictures back. It's sad. By the way, why do you think I'm going there? Because I'm teaching 600 students that are going to take this out to the 38 or 40 Bible colleges Gospel of Fair Asia has all through India. And they're teaching, they're winning millions of people to Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's only one God. So we'll talk a little bit about all three of these, syncretism, polytheism, and monotheism. Now, why the warning from God? It's so common for us to understand. Well, what's the big deal? No other gods before me. Okay, we understand that. Why does God say it? Well, where did Israel come from as a nation? They'd been 400 years in what land? Tell me, what land? Egypt. Were there more than one God in Egypt? Well, sure, you remember the plagues? Basically, every one of those plagues, the defeat of the river and the moon and the frogs and all those, every one of those was a god that the Egyptians worshiped. Egypt was filled with sun, moon, water, fertility. They were polytheistic. And so they came from that. They lived there 400 years. They saw these people. It kind of got on them. And so God says, no, no, you can't be like that. But that's not all. Where are they headed? The land of Canaan. Now, when they get to the land of Canaan, is anybody there? Well, the Canaanites. What were the Canaanites? Polytheistic. They had all kinds of pagan gods. So, where they came from was wrong. Where they're going is wrong. So, God says, careful. You're going to have to be different. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? The Sermon on the Mount was about one thing. You, if you're going to follow Christ, are going to live different than the world. You're not better because of you. You're only better because I live in you. But you're going to live different. So God gives this warning. You just came from a place where I wasn't honored. You're going to a place where I'm not honored. You're going to have to be very careful. So he says to this nation, you are to have no gods except for me. In other words, Israel, always remember there's one true living God Yahweh is my name. Now, as you think about this, Israel was trying to get this in place because God wanted them to understand he was not the main God among many gods. He wasn't the, well, the head God in this cascade of gods. He was the only living, real God. He alone was to be worshiped and obeyed. So what does the first commandment say? What kind of words can we put it in? Here's the first. I'm going to give you two or three. So when you leave here, it'll be crystal clear to you. Number one, first commandment. What's it mean? God says you are to worship and obey only me. No one else. No other gods. I'm the only one to be worshiped. I'm the only one to be obeyed. Now, We go, okay, but what does that look like today? How can we make sure God's the only God? Very, very simple. We had a role model in life. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. That role model was the person of Jesus. Remember, Jesus came to this earth for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons was this. He came to show us what God was like, and he came to show us how to love your God and have no other gods before us. So Jesus is our role model. So we're going to take a little look at how that worked, because he was telling the disciples how to do this, and understand in Matthew 4.10, when Jesus was going through this temptation, you remember Satan took him right to the mountain? And Jesus responded to one of the lies of Satan, and he said this in Matthew 4.10. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus knew what this meant. He understood exactly what this meant. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 22 and find how we can obey this first commandment that comes from God. Because obeying brings blessings to you and to me. Matthew 22, look down to verse 35. Some of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the scribes, were dealing with Jesus as they always did. And notice verse 35. One of them, an expert of law, tested him with this question. Teacher? Jesus. What's the greatest commandment in the law? Now remember, they put it in 613. You remember? They took the law and made it 613. They had heavy ones and light ones. Man's way of doing things. And they put their righteousness by, made sure you do the heavy ones or whatever. And eventually Jesus said, forget all that stuff. In fact, remember one time he said, unless you exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you'll never even get to the kingdom of God. You can't keep it. They try to tell you they keep it. They don't keep it. So they come to him and say, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Out of those 613, what do you say? He blows it out of the water because he just makes his own. He summarizes the law in the two. You know that. He says this in verse 37. Love, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first greatest commandment. So Jesus says, what's the most important? Well, this one. This is the first. Now, does this one match? Thou shalt have no other gods before me? Well, yes, it does, perfectly. So Jesus said, the first in the Old Testament is this. This one's first. So he says, all the other commandments are based. Why would I have no other gods before me? Because I love only God. And if I love only God, only the only true living God, I won't have to worry about anything. Because if I do that, it simplifies all the commandments. Now, notice this. This is Jesus' first command, and it was God's first command. And you'll see this truth in a moment. The first command is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, body. Jesus said, no other gods, only me, you have to love me. If we don't obey this command, this is the first, the rest of these don't matter. We're not even using these You say, well, Pastor Mark, I haven't committed adultery. I'm okay, aren't I? No. If we don't do this, you don't even get out of the gate. This is the starting point. Is that clear? In other words, Jesus said, this is the one you have to do. That's why it was called number one. It isn't number seven. It's number one. Are the other nine important? Yes, they are. But they're not number one. There's always a priority. There's always a starting point. So Jesus takes them all, and he says, this is the one you have to start with in your life. In other words, if you don't obey this one, the rest don't matter. Obeying this one gives me the ability to finish obeying the rest of the Ten Commandments. Now, notice in that verse, the word love. What did Jesus mean by love? Well, it's an inner commitment expressed by our conduct. In other words, it's bound in a word called a commitment. I'll do this, and I'll show you that I'm doing it. So the first commandment, I want you to write it this way. God is to be my only ruler and guide of everything I think and say and do. So that's not different than we said before. is just another way to express it. I'm trying to show you how that is. Remember, this guy, Kurt Warner, he said, I'm not going to make the calls in life. Notice this. God is to be my only ruler and guide of everything I think and say I do. That shows that I love God. That shows that I have no other gods. Because the one that's making the calls in my life is God. It isn't somebody else. It isn't a pagan God. It isn't the situation. It's simply God. God is making the calls. He's my ruler. He's the guide of everything I do. I want to give you two illustrations because I think this is very important. We have elders, and you sit around this table, and there's a chairman of the board, and you make decisions. Of course, this is kind of a normal way things are doing business. So when we look at God, sometimes we get things mixed up. Really, God is not interesting in being the chairman of your board of directors. And you got four other people on the board of directors, family members, you yourself, a friend. You're all around that table, and God's the boss at the front table. That's not the statement I'm making. What should the board of directors look like? There should be how many people in the room? You got it. And who is that? Is God. He's the board of directors of your corporation. You're a corporation. You know, you're the body of Christ. God lives in you.
0: In today's teaching, Pastor Mark asked you who makes the calls in your life. He talked about how, for most people, they themselves run their lives. You found out that God requires His followers to follow His leading. You learned that when you follow God's rules, your life has more freedom Because you're now living the way that is best for you, and you have His blessing. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests. At 866 779 that's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, no other words. You'll find out about the challenges the Israelites faced when they got God's rules. You'll learn how your challenges in following God's commands mirror theirs. Pastor Mark will explain how Jesus' teachings reaffirmed the original Ten Commandments and made them even harder to keep. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Ten Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: is